I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to this week's episode of Movie in a Pod. I am Clyde Smith. And I am Javier Villalobos. On this week's episode, we are discussing the trailers for Tick, Tick, Boom, No Sudden Move, and our movie of the week, What Women Want. JV, how are we doing this week, sir? Not too bad. How about yourself? Hey, man. Solid weekend, brother. Solid yeah. weekend. Back in the saddle again for our 24th episode, right? Yep, 24. All right, man. Going on 24. six months strong here. All right, we've got some new trailers. I know you don't like musicals, but let's talk Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Give me your thoughts. I'm going I'm to read you my notes. Uh, that I, yes, exactly what I wrote. <laughs> I wrote Andrew Garfield musical and let Clyde talk about this one. <laughs> nah, oh. I, I did write that, but I, I love it. I kind of like this concept, uh, even though it's a musical, it's about a musician. It's about musical theater, performing arts, not just random people out in the world, just dancing and singing in the middle of the street. Not like in, in the Heights, right? <laughs> I guess it's kind of hard to tell like how much of a musical quote unquote it's going to be because it is about music and it's about theater. Yeah. I'm probably going to watch this one just because I love obviously music and learning about other musicians and things they've been through in their lives as well. Oh yeah. And Andrew Garfield is still Spider-Man to me, bro. He's that's, that's, I mean, that's my guy. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) <laughs> that's my guy right there this looks cool man it's a little different actually me and carmen went to go see in the heights uh you know written by lynn manuel miranda and this mm-hmm. one is as well i don't know jonathan larson is a real person and had some real mm-hmm. struggles with trying to in the music game or theater game or whatever but i know andrew garfield and i know that he's gonna bring it so i'm pretty excited about this one man it should be fun good deal same here should be fun there. <clears throat> and we got my man Don Cheadle hooking up with the legendary director Steven Soderbergh or Soderbergh or Soderbergh. I don't know. 
DM me if, and tell me which which one it is. I have no clue. All they're gonna do is send you words. So <laughs> you're still, still not gonna pronounce it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just didn't think about that. Anyway, don't tell me. <laughs> so, uh, no sudden move with Don Cheeto. What what would you think about this trailer, man? Well, I remember we talked about this one before, but when it was just that real short kind of wasn't even really a teaser it was just like here's a movie yeah something's gonna happen first off great cast oh phenomenal benicio del toro ray liotta action i know so good kind of got from it it's kind of a mob gangster situation a group hired to do a job and it kind of starts turning on them kind of sounds like maybe they were being set up in some way but all these characters uh or excuse me all these actors are from some of our favorite movies, right? Oh, 100%. Yes. So looking very forward to seeing this this cast portray these mobsters. I mean, you have Brendan Fraser, mm-hmm. Matt Damon, David Harbour, Benicio Del Toro, John Hamm, Don Cheadle, Kieran Culkin, Ray Liotta, you know, Bill Duke. The list goes on. Just yeah. all-stars. You know, they've all played one way or another tough guys. Yeah. And this is a tough guy type movie. I love Don Cheadle and everything that the man, man does. You know, he has this gravitas on screen, even though he's tiny. You know, he's really tiny. He's like 5'8". <laughs> yeah, he's a little tiny man. Yeah. But you don't see that. Like, he doesn't play 5'8 on screen. You know what I mean? He's still taller taller than me. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he uh, he always plays like these, these larger than life characters when he's on screen. And he just does it so well so i don't yeah. know man steve soderbergh he hasn't had a movie in quite some time so we'll see what's going on here but he always directs fantastic flicks all right let's discuss this week's movie what women want this movie came out in 2000 along with a lot of great movies that came out this year I have a laundry list but these are some of the ones that I love Unbreakable, Castaway, Almost Famous, American Psycho, Memento, Bring It On, Aaron Brockovich, Romeo Must Die, Remember the Titans, Boiler Room, come on, fantastic Mm -hmm. flick, Miscogeniality, Gone Mm -hmm. in 60 Seconds, and the Owen... Wilson movie with my man, Jackie Chan, Shanghai Noon. (laughs) (laughs) Such a fantastic flick, man. What Women One is directed by Nancy Myers. They do have a nice little writer's room, including Josh Goldsmith, Kathy Yuspa, and Diane Drake. This one had a budget of $70 million. Wow. Uh, Box office came in at $374.1 million. Nice. That's some some jack there. Mel Gibson, bro. So starring in this movie, as you just stated, Mel Gibson as Nick Marshall. Uh, He's our Chicago advertising exec. uh, A.K.A. the sex god. (laughs) We have Helen Hunt as Darcy McGuire. Marissa Tomei as Lola. Alan Alda as Dan Wanamaker. Uh, which is Nick's boss, Ashley Johnson as Alex Marshall, which is Nick Marshall's daughter. That's basically the the hit the hit of the cast. Um, everybody else is, is kind of in and out. Oh yeah, 
So, JV, go ahead and give us a quick synopsis of this movie, sir. This is a story of a mortal man named Nick Marshall. <laughs> He's received one of the greatest powers in the universe. One, one only, <laughs> one that's only comparable to Professor Charles Xavier. Yes, yes. Right. He acquires the ability to hear female thoughts. Uh, he uses this to have some good times. He grows as a person, and he ends up finding true love. <laughs> Dude, okay, that is the best synopsis for this movie ever. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. We're done with the pod. Let's oh. call it a week. We'll see you guys next week. All right. <laughs> so, you know, the first thing we always want to do when we dive in is talk about the characters. And our main protagonist, front and center, the entire movie, the camera follows him, Nick mm-hmm. Marshall. So he's introduced as a playboy uh, misogynist. He's into his good times and his career. And we see that throughout the movie. And really you see it all the way to the end of the movie. He does grow a little bit you know, as he's going through this whole character building yeah. storyline, I guess. You know, it's a lot of character building for everybody really through the movie. So, yeah, he's, you know, typical career driven, you know, makes a good living at what he does. He definitely shows it. So, you know, he's that he's an advertising executive who is a man's man. You know, this is said multiple times in the beginning of the movie monologued by his ex-wife on her wedding day. You know, he's that that single divorced dad who runs around Chicago and sleeps around. Oh, yeah. Middle aged, good looking man. Good body is Mel Gibson in his prime. You know what I mean? Right. And he, he looks good, has the looks, girls and everything. I love it. I love the beginning because they're, you know, playing into him and just being nice because he is kind of the boss yeah. at the job. You know, he's a right. level, he's a level executive. So every woman, woman that is under him, are they really think he's funny and amazing or are they just playing games or just trying to get right. by throughout the day? Right. And that's one thing that I thought about this viewing, especially in today's world, right? Mm-hmm. How, how men kind of gallivant and, are kind of chauvinistic and make these inappropriate jokes. I think everybody likes it. That's what he was doing at first. Right. Yeah. But you're right. He does have this uh, character arc in this movie and you know, the arc peaks, peaks and peaks and peaks. And you know, in a lot of movies, the arc kind of goes down bottom. Yeah. But this movie, it did not, man. It kind of kept peaking mm-hmm. and then kind of flatlined towards the end where, you know, like, all right, he is a better person now. Yeah. Um, but he kind of goes through those trials and tribulations as everybody's supposed to do in the movie. So, right. But I did like your intro because one of my lines were, you know, he uses his professor X type powers to <laughs> use women, <laughs> but then learns from them and becomes a better, uh, dad, yeah. you know, just man all the way around. So I, it's a tale as old as time, but Mel shines with his charisma and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna say it. He's oozing with style and sexual appeal, man. He does it from start to finish. Like, just fantastic oh, in yeah. this role. I honestly wanted to be Nick Marshall when this movie came out. Like, I was like, this is, I'm going to be an ad executive. Yeah. I'm going to run around Chicago and be awesome. None of that has happened. <laughs> <laughs>
Right. All right. right. What about uh, Darcy McGuire, Helen Hunt? Uh, she comes off kind of the kind of the opposite of Nick. Well, oh, yeah. you know, she comes in as uh, well. The stories told about her before actually get introduced is that she's basically a ball busting, career driven woman. Yeah. I don't want to use the B word so much. <laughs> Yeah, let's not do that. We're trying to keep our yeah. episodes G-rated over here, Javi. Damn it, boy. Yeah, they, they, they get more explicit no matter what. They really do. So she basically comes off as being that, you know, career-driven, I'm the boss, I, you're going to do what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. And those are all the stories you get before we actually see her. And then when she comes on screen, we find out she's actually, you know, just a nice woman who's just trying to make it through this business that's very heavily uh man driven yeah populated by men think mad men yeah. right yeah all the idea guys were were these men who drank bourbon at one in the afternoon you know what i mean so <laughs> uh smoke cigarettes and cigars until their lungs mm -hmm. were black but she's different right so she's this advertising executive who actually takes the role nick was gunning for remember oh yeah and she kind of shows him and everybody else how this job is going to work because this ad executive, he wants to definitely get business for women and mm -hmm. sell products for women. And they bring her in for this role and she's fantastic. And, you know, one of the things that I love is honest opinion. My wife is never going to listen to this pod, so it's all good. Um, we Helen, found Hunt, that out. Helen Hunt. Yeah, we found that out real quick. Um, <laughs> both of, neither were wise. Listening to <laughs> what movie did you guys just do? Did you did, did you guys do uh, Spiral yet? Yeah, that's literally the pod we just recorded and it just yeah. dropped. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Helen Hunt, ever since Mad About You, I think was the show with her. Mm -hmm. Hugest fan ever. Just like the, my wife. Helen Hunt, always. Fair. Her in this Fair. movie, her in Twister, like, just... But she's smart, she's sexy, she's the definition of that classic beauty in this role, right? Where right. she walks in the room, and, you know, the office and the meeting or whatever, the boardroom, and she takes over. She has that control. Yeah. And that's a power move to Nick. She's just doing her job. You're right. She comes in and she's like, this is nice woman who just wants to get the job done. But to Nick, yeah. you know, she's this ball busting woman, you know, the power hungry and stuff like that. But she doesn't display that. It's just what, how Nick is perceiving her because she took Nick's job. Right. And all the things he's heard about her. Yeah. And she says the same thing. She says, I've heard about you as well. <laughs> <laughs> You know, she's so, just better than Nick at literally everything with that job. Right. And Nick knows that. He knows he's a dying breed. <laughs> and she's the, she's the, you know, she's the new hotness and he's the old and busted, really. You know what right. I mean? So. <laughs> what about Lola? One of my favorite characters in this movie, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she's doesn't have a gigantic role but her her time on the movie was great she tries her hardest not to fall for uh nick's ways his sweet talk his uh you know his his moves ultimately she does once he gets his abilities right yes. he's able to manipulate her which is what he does to all the women once he figures that out <laughs> 
Oh yeah. <laughs> With great power comes great response. He's never he's never read a Spider-Man comic. No, Simple as that. Not. He clearly has not, right? <laughs> he, he just heard with great power. Yeah. Uh, we can have some it. fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she's this coffee barista who, you know, wants more out of life, doesn't just want to serve coffee. And let's be, she is Nick's casual hookup, but she also wants a lot more from him. Once yeah. she does give in, and it's just interesting how it's a cat and mouse game kind of throughout the mm-hmm. rest of the movie between those two, because <laughs> the actual love story is between, you know, the, the, the rom-com is between Nick and Darcy. And, yeah. but, you know, he hooked up with Marissa in the movie, Marissa Tomei's character, Lola, excuse me. And she kind of comes in and out, which is awesome. You know, you're a player player, but he's also a divorcee dad. He has a daughter, Alex Marshall, going through life. <laughs> Just right. That's my first yeah. note. Going through life <laughs> as a teenager, right? He says that she's 12 at the beginning. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, I turned 15 at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's uh, you know, she is that stereotypical kid from when I say stereotypical, I mean like, you know, from the movies, from a movie or a TV show or whatever, who mm-hmm. is comes from a divorced family, you know, navigating that, spending the next two weeks with her dad while he's going through these powers and is changing, morphing into uh Professor X. So Yeah, well that goes to another point towards Nick. You know, she she likes her mom and she seems to like the stepdad, but Nick's been a shit dad. So yeah, <laughs> he's probably the dad who's there with the checkbook. Right. But never the dad who's there emotionally. Yeah. No, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She has a, you know, good kind of background art uh, behind the the love story between Nick and Darcy. Uh, she's kind of going through her own stuff, like you said. It doesn't take up much of the movie, but it's in there enough that it helps Nick grow as well. I think... In his character arc. I think you're, you're right there. I think every... You know, it's definitely Mel Gibson, Nick Marshall movie. He's the protagonist. He's oh, yeah. front and center. But I think every woman who's in this movie helps him grow and be a better man. Less of a chauvinistic right. pig, less of a, you know, sexist asshole. All these things, all these women are helping him grow. And that's what kind of drives the movie. So the last person I want to talk about is Judy Greer's character. Like in the grand scheme of things, right? I look at, sometimes I look at movies like video games. And this is a side quest, right? Follow me here, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Aaron, the foul, Aaron the, the foul girl, you know, she's this... She works at the ad exec company. She's lonely. She's an outcast type. Um, just kind of in the background. People kind of run into her and she drops all her files and everything. That's to pick them up. And when Nick gets his powers, he can hear women's thoughts. He starts to learn that she's a little creepy. She's lonely. She feels like nobody cares about her. And that she's a little suicidal as well. So yeah. I call, you know, for such a fun, introspective take on women, you know, there's like this side quest that... It's kind of dark, but interesting at the same time, but also helps Nick grow. What are your thoughts? Completely agree with the the different women, females through the movie, that they have their place in Nick's story. Yeah. Yeah, and Judy Greer as Aaron, she definitely was really for 
such a small role was really heavy on him. I mean, there was a whole scene dedicated to her yeah. character. Mm -hmm. So you can tell that her in general and that real dark side was really important for his story arc as well. Like understanding that the way they treat women and uh, the way they look at them and, you know, use them for as below them. Yeah. You know, is really weighing on this girl so let's talk about the plot a little bit here nick has these powers and what he does with them right once he has the powers and meets darcy and everything his main motivation is just to beat her be better than her at yeah. that job that she won right and he does it by <laughs> and you know it's a visual movie but it's also a real audio movie because you don't see them acting you just hear see their hear their thoughts but nick is like literally right next to them and he's kind of does this like weird like dog head turn face thing i like <laughs> when he's yeah. listening to them did you notice that right and that yeah. was like that was intentional because he does it all the time in the movie and how he's hearing her thoughts and i love it how when alan alda's uh character always comes in and has has a question he's like he listens to her. <laughs> he listens yeah. to what Darcy's <laughs> thinking. And then he says it before her or says it better than her. And then Alan's yeah. character always takes Nick's idea. So he is competitive. That's something that we, that's a word that we didn't use to describe him, but he's really competitive and wants to defeat her at first. Agreed. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, and he does that with some of the other ladies, uh, the, the scene where they're all sitting together and just discussing I guess advertisements for was it for ibuprofen? Yeah, <laughs> was it or Advil or something like that? And he listens to all of them as they're thinking about stuff and tries to turn it on anybody he can at this point. Yep, it wasn't just Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Darcy's character Helen Hunt. She wants to be her natural self. You know, she's this is the ad agency that she always wanted to work for. Um, mm -hmm. you know, applied, got turned down from the, from a job there in her previous, uh, whatever world but you know she just wants to be the best and in this time frame you know she falls for nick but would he have been able to have her fall in love with him if he couldn't hear her thoughts right and that's what kind of drives the the rom-com aspect of this yeah him falling him not thinking he's gonna fall for her he just wanted to beat her and then him falling in love with her and kind of is it manipulating her to fall in love with him? What do you think? I don't necessarily think he manipulated her. I mean, I take that back. Yeah, he definitely manipulated her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. he did it to a point to where he kind of started falling for her and yeah. backed off of that. Yeah. So he was, you know, using her thoughts to to do these ideas. And she was like, oh, you know, you're you're good at your job. You're coming up with all these great ideas. And they end up going out for the drinks. And he's kind of listening to how she's feeling and playing off of her emotions. Yeah. But then he comes to that point of, you know, I kind of like this girl. So he kind of backs off of that and tries to be more of a gentleman, I guess, because he is starting to fall for her. And he just doesn't know how to handle it. It's a very interesting arc. Yeah. Where he comes in, this playa playa, mm -hmm. comes in, wants to beat Darcy, comes in, wants to be able to just manipulate and understand women. Because also a, a part of it is Darcy's going after Nike's women's division. Yeah. Nick gets wind of that. And he's like, I'm going to kill this. 
I'm going to do, this is going to be what's going to put me at the 44th floor, right? Is where she is currently, where he wants mm-hmm. to be. And so he uses his new tool in his tool bag to fully understand women. And, you know, he goes to like what yoga classes and stuff. He goes <laughs> like running, yeah. you know, to fully understand them. He's a manipulating asshole is basically what, he, what he's doing. And he manipulates her into falling in love. But you're right where he falls back after he's like, damn, I, yeah. I actually love this woman as well. Yeah. Because at first, after yeah. they got cool, like he was just trying to probably just get in the sheets with her. Remember, we're trying to keep this P- right. PG, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's just very interesting take on on that. So Yeah, definitely a whole different story with Lola, though. <laughs> he, he did not fall in love with her at Oh, all. my God. Well, like, <laughs> well, okay, like one of the best scenes, right? <laughs> And he, it's a conquest, right? It's it's a notch on his belt, yeah. right? And then when he finally does hook up with her, I love that scene because at first it's, he can hear all her thoughts and he's doing yeah. a horrible job. But like, right. he's thinking he's doing a fantastic job in his head until oh, yeah. he can hear her thoughts. So I don't want to get too personal, but you know, what? how many guys have dealt with this, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't really know we don't really really know right that's what i was, what I was saying he's you know just a mortal man with his incredible power <laughs> and <laughs> and you know he's he's using it for good and he's using it for evil yes yes so with with lola like you said he gets kind of put down there at first like okay i'm not as good at what i do as i think i am people are just saying it yeah then he decides to to figure it out. Round two, baby, and <laughs> we'll be back in the game, coach. <laughs> and he, yeah, he he did his thing a second time. <laughs> did his thing, and then like she got obsessed with him. You yeah. know what I mean? Stalker vibes oh, yeah. a, a little oh, bit, yeah. where he eventually has to. Not going to spoil it, but he eventually has to let her go. And the way that he does it, it's so 2000s, to be honest with you. Like, I don't think it can happen <laughs> nowadays in a, in a script, but, well, I guess it could. But it's definitely so 2000s on the nose, man, about how he kind of yeah. ends that relationship with her. Because now that he understands women, he doesn't want to let her down. He doesn't want to, like, break it off. There's an understanding. You know what I mean? He can hear her, and she's also being very vocal. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, Hav, you know, we talked about MacGuffins during our Be Cool pod, and then I went back and thought about all the famous MacGuffins in movie history. There's actually been a bunch throughout the history of cinema. So we have R2-D2, you know, that droid who has that important message that they have to get to the Rebels. And then there's that arc from Raiders of the Lost Ark that the Nazis are after. And then there's that damn videotape and Enemy of the State that none of our listeners want to listen to, right? Yeah. Literally one of my favorite pods that we've done. I love the movie and nobody wanted to listen to it. Guys, is that my blender? <laughs> Go listen to it, okay? It's fantastic. So we have Back to the Future, which is fantastic flick, right? Yes, sir. There's a hot button topic for a bunch of moviegoers and movie buffs, but what is the MacGuffin of that movie? Is it that DeLorean time machine? Or was it that picture that he had with his family fading away? Now, before you answer, Javi, about what your take is, 
there's absolutely no wrong answers here. People see it from both sides. Right. And I see it as the picture. Okay. The DeLorean to me is more of a character in the movie. But the family fading in the picture is what keeps him doing what he's trying to do to get it all right. Yeah. Agreed, man. And we want to know what our listeners' favorite MacGuffins are and why. Yeah, so connect with us through our socials. It helps us grow our pods so we continue to provide great content. You all know our social pages by now. Movie in a Pod on Facebook and at Movie in a Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to like, share, and comment on all our content. Talk to you all soon. Let's talk about some key moments in the story, right? There's that illumination or that aha moment. Yeah. You know, and once again, this story is Nick's story. So let's talk about a few of those. When Nick first goes to his therapist, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uncredited Bette Midler in this movie. We didn't even talk about her, right? (laughs) But like her three or four minutes in this movie is just transitional. It's fantastic. It puts Nick in a different mindset. Yeah, it's funny because she kind of reacts to how, you know, another man would, I would think, if if they if if they would actually believe him. Yeah. She's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Basically could be a god right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> Nick Marshall is a sex god, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, that's very, that changes his, he's scared of this power. Right. You know, and then he goes to her and she kind of puts it in a perspective of, bro, you you have a gift, right? Yeah. She's basically the Uncle Ben of the story, right? Ben Parker, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. But he ran out the door before that second part is what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was like, <laughs> that's that's basically what, what, what happened here. Yeah. And he goes and does his thing, man. And he is this more suave, more chauvinistic at first. It isn't until he really starts working on the Nike campaign, right? Which is mm-hmm. which is a another part where he's like, I'm going to kill this and this is what's going to beat Darcy. So, you know, there's these transition yeah. points in the, in the movie where he kind of changes his his motives that keeps the story going. Mm-hmm. But I also like, you know, talking about these little rapid fire, because I don't want to spoil the movie, but Nick starts to understand his daughter. Yeah. Very important, man. Very important there. Yeah. When he's uh, listening to a teenage girl's thoughts, getting ready for prom night. Yeah. Here's some things he don't want to hear. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> but I like uh, even before that, right, when he came home, said he's going out on a date, but his daughter and their her friends were on the bed. And they were like just like thinking like shitty thoughts about him and how much of a douchebag of a dad he is. And then he like flips it on him, you know what I mean? Order some pizza. Yeah. There's nothing in the house. Ladies, yeah. you do what you do. I'm gonna be out late. Just be careful. You know, this that like awesome dad stuff. And they're like, Oh my god, he's the best dad ever. I want my dad to be yeah. like that. Those are turning points where he's starting to realize not only can he use his powers for bad, but he can also use it for good. Right or wrong, I don't know if he's doing it for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, but it's still like a transition point. So yeah, I mean, it's still manipulation regardless. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) What is the story kind of trying to tell us? Right. I've seen this movie a million times and I get something out of it every single time that I watch it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of those 
classic tales where what I was those two that was twenty one years ago. I was I was a wee lad when this movie came out. It's one of those movies that the more you progress, the more you get older. I think you have a better understanding and appreciation for a movie like this. But talk to me, man. What is this movie trying to tell us? So there's quite a few different things. I mean, you got obviously people that need attention. You know, you treat somebody badly, they can go into a bad place. You know, everybody has feelings about you. Yeah. Whether they're good or they're bad, it just depends on how you treat them. I mean, he like the arc with his daughter. You know, at the beginning, he was just kind of that deadbeat dad who was around every once in a while. Then he starts to listen to her and her thoughts and what she wants and tries to change to be better. Because yeah. now he knows he's hasn't been good. Same thing with Darcy and pretty much every other woman in the office. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nobody likes him, and it's because... He thinks he's awesome, but he's really not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not everybody is going to agree with you, and that's just something you got to live with. You know, one of the things that I take away from my first time watching this and from my most recent time, the oldest saying, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, right? That's That's the tried and true tale about why we're so different. This movie also tells that we are all human beings. You know, we all have feelings, thoughts, intentions, aspirations, goals. What are you going to do with all of that, right? How are you going to treat this person who has all these same things that they're going after that they want out of life? Are you going to treat them like a piece of meat? You know, another notch on your belt? Are you going to just not show them any attention at all? And this story, this movie shows all of that, right? And tells all of that through the eyes of Nick Marshall. So it's a rom-com. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, there's a lot of romance. There's a lot of comedy. But let's talk about the tone and the mood for a second, man. Well, what you, would you think there, Javi? As far as the the tone, it was funny through the whole movie. But it also talks about a lot of serious things. I yeah. mean... We're talking about, you know, we keep going back to um, Judy Greer, yeah, her character, Aaron. You know, they're treating her like she doesn't exist. And, you know, she's just going around. People bump into her, knock her stuff out of her hands. Nobody helps her. And stuff like that's very serious. Oh, yeah. And then you got the dirty jokes he's telling these women that they don't want to hear. So there's a lot of serious pieces to it but it still keeps it funny and kind of lighthearted, even though they are talking about stuff that really issues that were happening and still going on exactly you know in the, the workplace and that's because nancy myers is a genius with her direction and the writer's mm-hmm. room were two women and a guy so that that perspective of how women feel with all those thoughts you know i i work in an office full of women. I don't know what they really think about me. You know, and that's kind of the perspective. If you don't know what to think, then you should be on your best behavior at all times. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's one of the, that's that's one of the things that this story is telling you, right? When you, you work in a very male and female type office environment or whatever the case is, don't be an ass. (laughs) Definitely something my mother taught me. Exactly. Exactly, man. You get those comments when somebody uh like would tell tell my mom that, Oh, you have such a such a nice, polite boy and she's like Who are you talking to? Me? <laughs> <laughs> Say with my oldest, right? Because I know you're not talking about a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that leads back to respect, respecting people. And that's something that he learns. 
not treating him like another notch on his belt piece of meat, somebody that just can yeah. hear his horrible jokes. They don't want that crap. You know what I mean? So right. I, th- this movie paints that picture and paints it so vividly, and it's very easy to obtain that movie. This this is one of those movies that needs to be taught in in school. I don't know if it's college. I don't know what what level, but there's such an intros- introspective on how kind of both sides see things and and, and hear yeah. things, man. Oh yeah. Most movies are filmed and staged in LA and New York. Respectfully, you know, those coastal cities. This place this takes place in Chicago and I love every second of it, man. You know what <laughs> I mean? Oh yeah. They could have definitely had this in LA. They could have definitely had this in, in New York. But like Chicago is one has always been one of the meccas for like advertising mm-hmm. and they just use a lot of this city man they make the city beautiful with all the the, oh, yeah. the, the, the running around that he does um you know the, the the cityscapes and everything they just use a lot of chicago and it's just gorgeous man what do you think oh yeah it was definitely gorgeous it was kind of dark as well yeah which i think brought a lot of that romantic side of it you know when they're eating dinner it's dark out when he's just kind of around thinking about stuff it's dark it's all like kind of after work hours yeah situation yeah yeah so that was played out real nice and then there was also upbeat scenes where it was bright kind of the funner scenes you know the outdoor party at the beginning you know mm-hmm. it was still pretty light out uh the dress shopping scene with his daughter that was the most upbeat part of the movie yeah man but when he was having issues it was raining outside the decor and a lot of the things that were going on in the office where all this stuff was happening was real dark. Yeah. They kind of, they, they, they weave you in and out of how you kind of want to feel in the sets. That's exactly what I was thinking, man. Like they, they do that perfectly. Right. Yeah. You want to be upbeat and and fun and you see like sexy, happy Nick. Right. Like when he was just walking, (laughs) when he was just walking down the streets of Chicago after he saw his therapist, you know, it's just beautiful. It's bright. It's you. Yeah. so many beautiful women around and everything. But, you know, when he's down on his luck or thinking of something introspective, learning, I think learning is a really, really good word. Mm-hmm. It's more dour. It's more dark. It's more cramped. You know, the lighting makes you feel really cramped. And, yeah. you know, he's going through it right there. So very fantastic. All right, man. So two of our, our, our favorite questions here at the end. What, what was your favorite scene? Oh, there was a lot of good ones in here, man. But the one that left me laughing the most yeah. was when he's first leaving his apartment and he goes outside and uh, Flo, <laughs> love Flo is outside the uh, the the door lady, uh, Loretta Devine. Hilarious. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> she's just like, she's being real nice to him because that's her job. But in her head, she's like catcalling him, talking about his butt and all this stuff and it was bad. Like <laughs> it was funny, but if it was flipped the other way, exactly. It, it's it's just one of those things where it's kind of like if it was the guy calling the girl, it's in her head. But you know, for that time, it was funny. And like that's a great scene because he felt really uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. He felt like a piece of meat, but, right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Because she kept going. Like, it wasn't just one time. <laughs> He's like, I think I'll walk today. You don't have to get me a car. And then he yeah. almost gets hit by a car trying to cross the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that's definitely yeah a good that one had me laughing uh and stayed in my mind what about you man so before my scene that that's my favorite there's this montage where he's learning from women and you know outdoes marcy at every turn right he's he's running around the city like you know, he's doing that weird like dog head turn thing listening to women and all their <laughs> thoughts he's taking notes to try to get this nike uh, women's division deal and then right darcy walks in on alan alan's office and holds up a, a a life sign and he's like, I already got one from, from Nick, you know, she's, she's like, damn it. Right. Like she could just see it yeah, on her there, face. Like how? Yeah, that was great. Cause there was no dialogue. Exactly. It's just a montage. She's like walks in, she shows him the picture and he's like on the phone. Yeah. She's like on a phone or something. Yeah. And he just picks the other one up and you know what it was. Just, yeah. He just does like that. Michael Jordan shrug. Like, I don't, I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Like, <laughs> But, you know, that montage kind of slows down to Nick in the break room with all of those women. He's telling all these right. appropriate jokes that they're actually laughing at. Yeah. And then, you know, he's out there giving advice, being really <laughs> understanding. Yeah. What he can hear their thoughts. So he's kind of cheating in that aspect. But this is the parts where he's actually using it for good. Agreed. And that and that shows maturity, right? That that shows that he went from A to B in the movie. That's really hard to do, like writing wise, but yeah. they the this writer's room, they do it easily and it's just fun to watch. Like you said, he's giving advice and being nice to these other women, but at the same time he's stealing the ideas from Darcy and doing doing dirty to her. Still kind of an asshole a little bit, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's moving in the right direction. I guess. <laughs> Kicking and screaming, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go easy, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bro. What is your favorite line of this movie? Your favorite quote, line, or whatever? I always go for kind of the funny stuff. I always enjoy the funny lines and yeah. the funny scenes. So my favorite one from here was when Nick and Darcy are in her new town home. Mm-hmm. I guess, and they're walking around. There, she doesn't have enough furniture or nothing in there yet. She's moving in, and he says, "I can see elegant parties." She says, "You can see all that." He says, "Well, maybe you're naked, and I'm the only guest, but still elegant." <laughs> 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 like, like they're not talking about anything sexual whatsoever. Nothing, and they haven't been sexual at all with yeah, each other. Yeah, and then he just drops that one in there <laughs> out of nowhere. It's fantastic. That's a good line, man. That's definitely yeah. fun there. So. <laughs> Very classy. Classy. <laughs> what about you? Mine's that, that voiceover from Darcy McGuire. And it, it is kind of long, but it's like if you're going to try to be an actor or actress or whatever, and you need to learn or you're going to school for this, this is one of those monologues that you definitely should do. Mm-hmm. No games. How did I get that in? She's running. It's early. It's quiet. Just the sound of her feet on the asphalt. She likes to run alone. No pressure, no stress. This is one place that she can be herself. Look any way she wants. Dress. Think any way she wants. No game playing. No rules. Games, sports, rules, games, sports, rules. Playing by the rules. (laughs) Playing by the games versus playing. Playing by the rules. Playing games versus playing, right? This is Darcy trying to think about how she's going to kill this Nike campaign, yeah. Nike women's campaign and, and get it and getting in her head during this time. You have Nick looking over her shoulder 
kind of doing that weird dog head turn thing listening right so they're kind of collabing but not really they're not really collabing but he's collabing with her right? yeah definitely <laughs> and he's basically in there trying to steal her idea but you know i go to think about this line and it's it's my favorite because you know it's easy to 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 see a man do everything she just said um from a man's perspective like why does a guy go running why does a guy hit the asphalt every morning or night yeah. or whatever right but to kind of hear it and understand it from a female's perspective about why they do it um it was just fantastic man and what's one of those things that are just eye opening to me with learning about women so Good scene. Good line. All right, JV, what women want? What are your thoughts on how many buckets of popcorn did you give it? I really like this movie. Uh, very fun movie. Very informative movie. For all that, I'm giving this one a four out of five. Nice. What about you? Yeah, man, this also gets a four buckets of popcorn for me. I love this Mel Gibson. You know, he usually plays in action stars and everything of that nature. I love Helen Hunt. She's mm-hmm. was Bay back in 2000 for me. <laughs> Sorry, Carmen. I love you. But uh, Helen Hunt was my first love. Even before <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. You know, there's so many. And Gabrielle Union. Damn it, Dwayne Wade. But anyway, no. Uh, this movie's awesome, man. It's fun, introspective. I learn a lot every time I watch it. Yeah. This is one of those movies where it's just good to watch every few years because you'll get a better understanding for it every single time. Oh, yeah. Thank you for subscribing to this week's episode, Talking Through What Women Want. Next week, for our 25th episode, we will have a Heroes versus Villains bracket challenge with our first guest. Continue to check our socials about updates for this upcoming episode. I am Clyde Smith, and you can find me on Twitter as I am Clyde D. Smith. I am Javier Villalobos, and you can find me on Twitter at MrJ8200. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.